My name's Drew, and I'm excited to just share a little bit of God's word with you this morning. And have you ever been in a, a place in life, maybe circumstances where you, you know, you, you gathered with people who were different with you? Maybe it was a club, a team, or just a family, and you had differences, but you pushed those differences aside and you came together to chase after a common goal, and through that, you achieved something great. You see, in my life, I have to go a little bit farther back than I'd like to admit, my junior year of high school. I played on a basketball team in Pennsylvania that was ranked number one in the entire state of Pennsylvania. We were labeled the team that was unbeatable. We were 27 and 0. And as a high schooler, it was awesome, right? We had people putting us in magazines, on newspapers, interviewing us left and right. It was a, a fun and enjoyable ride. And, and every person that asked us really the same question, what made this team so great? Right, we think about sports in general, the Super Bowl's coming up today, we've got the Olympics going on, and that's a, that's a common question, right? When you look at a team that is just historically great, when you look at a team that's hard to beat, we all ask, like, what makes that team so good? And if you look at my high school basketball team, if you looked at the individuals of the team, you could come to, to some assumptions, right? We had two guys on, on the team that were prolific scorers. At any moment, they could take over a game. We had a big man who could work inside and out. He was a great rebounder. We had an amazing bench. When our starters got into foul trouble, there wasn't a big gap between our starters and our bench. We had amazing role players who didn't really worry about the, the stat lines. They just were happy serving in their role. And if you look at the individuals, the talent on the team, you say, oh, that, that, that's why they were great. But the reality is the reason why that team was 27-0 and 0 is because we were a team. On that team, you know, no one cared who scored the points that night. No one cared who got the accolades or the interview. No one cared. You know what that team cared about? What the scoreboard said. Whether we won or lost the game because we worked together, we grinded together, and we played together because we were a team. And because we were a team, we achieved great things. And I think for all of us, Really, most of us, many of us, we, we want, we desire to contribute to something that is greater than ourselves. And so we have this desire. I think this is the way God created us. He put it in our DNA. You see, most of us today, we have this desire in our hearts to be a part of something, to add to something, to contribute to something that is way bigger than what we can even see. But the problem for many of us is we just don't know where to find it. And so if you got your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. You can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to kind of plan ourselves there this morning. I'd encourage you to grab the Northridge Church app. You can download it and follow along, take notes. And if you haven't been with us, you're just maybe checking us out. We've been in this series called Habits for Change. And back in January, where it was a new year, we, where everybody's kind of desiring change in their life, we thought, hey, what better than to talk about through God's word about instilling habits that won't change you, but that will create you to be a godly man or woman. And out of those habits, God can produce the right change in your life. And so through this series, we've talked about the habit of prayer. 40 days, we asked our church, 40 days of prayer. We talked about the habit of reading God's word, being in God's word, instilling a habit for 52 days. We talked about surrounding yourself with people who will push you to apply the Bible, build relationships, and care for one another. We talked about the habit of, of rest, of, of taking a break. And we're gonna continue in this series in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so let me kind of set the backdrop of this passage. 
It's written by a guy named Paul. He was an apostle, Paul, and he was a, a pretty big church planner, right? If you want to put it in, in the business terms, he was a, like a, a franchise creator. And so he would go all throughout the, the region planting churches, and then he would establish leaders. And the way he would coach those leaders is he would write letters to them if there was problems. And that's what 1 Corinthians is. It's a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. And in chapter 12, there was a problem in the church of Corinth. They were becoming divided. Imagine that, right? We often think what we go through, no one understands, but really the problems we interact with today are just ancient problems that churches long ago dealt with thousands of years earlier. And so the church was divided over spiritual gifts because the people in the church started labeling certain gifts as more valuable than others, and it caused a rift in the people of that church. And here the apostle Paul addresses it by using an illustration. He compares the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, you and I, compared to a physical body. Let's look what he says in verse 12. He says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so Paul, what I love about Paul is he, he, I don't know if anybody ever taught him the lesson where there was a problem, like you start with the good and then you go to the bad, right? You know, in conversations and conflict, he just jumps into it. And here's what he says to this church that is divided. He says, you have to understand the church is like a body. There are many different parts of a human body, but all of those parts are supposed to work in unison to make the body one. And so here's what Paul's saying to this church. Hey, we are different, but our differences make us stronger together. Right? What I love about Paul is he celebrates the differences that we should have. And here's, I don't know why, where this has happened in society today, but you guys have probably felt this over the last, you know, season that never seems to end. Is it seems like in culture today, in society today, that our differences are no longer celebrated, the reasons for us to continue the divide in life. Right? And Paul says, no, 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 you're, 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 the church is, is supposed to be designed as a body, like many different parts, but one body. You know what I love about Northridge Church? What I'm proud about Northridge Church is if you look around, we are different. We think differently, we act differently, we speak differently, we look differently. And that's something to celebrate as a church. But what has happened is in our society and even in the church today, those differences somehow become a wedge and cause division rather than harmony. And Paul says, hey, let me remind you, we are different. Let's celebrate those differences and those differences are designed not to divide us but to actually make us stronger together. And he goes through, here's how that works. He continues in verse 14. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that not make it any less part of the body? And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would it, that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. And so Paul goes after this division in this church, and he starts by saying, hey, it's okay to be different. 
It's okay to be made up of different parts as long as we are unified under one body. And he says the way we get this is we have to first understand that each part of the body has a significant role to play in the body. And so it doesn't matter what your part is in the church of Jesus Christ, God has given you a gift. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, God, through the spirit of God, has given you gifts. And part of the body of Christ, you're supposed to use those gifts. And each gift, no matter what it is, plays a vital role, a significant role in the church of Jesus Christ. Now, let's imagine this for a second, right? Let's, let's look at our physical bodies, and can you imagine this week if for some reason your physical body decides to go a little bit haywire and your knee becomes jealous of your hands? Your knee's just like, you know what? I'm tired of doing what a knee does, bending and bending and bending. I want to start picking things up. I want to be a hand. You know, I, I feel like I'd make a good hand. Let me know how that goes for you. In fact, you try it, you know, if you want an activity, you get bored watching the Super Bowl, commercials aren't that fun, right? Have your knee try to tie your shoes. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. Here's the point, right? Our body is made up of different parts, and when we begin devaluing a certain part, we realize the significance of that part, right? And that's what Paul is saying, we're different, that's Amazing, because each role that people play in the body of Christ is significant and its value. God gave you gifts and we should use them. You all have a role to play. But then he continues, verse 19, he continues. He says, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts, I think someone needs to hear this today, in fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put together the body such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Again, Paul is addressing attention and he says we're different and those differences are supposed to make us stronger. And the way they make us stronger is we understand we all have a vital role to play, not just for ourselves though. He says, secondly, you have to understand each part is designed to help another part of the body. When you don't play your role, when you don't jump into the game, you hurt not just yourself, but other part, the full body, right? Think about it like this. I, on Friday nights, I just started playing football. And I realized real fast as a 35-year-old guy that my mind thinks I can still do things, but my body reminds me the next morning that it shouldn't do those things. <laughs> and have you ever been there before where you have an injury? whether it's sports related or you know, whatever you're doing, you just slip on the ice and fall and you have maybe a bruised hip or a sprained ankle. And what's interesting about your body is as you deal with that injury, what often happens is the other parts of your body compensate for that injury. And what happens is as they compensate for that injury, those other parts begin to hurt because they're tired of your ankle not working at its full capacity. And it's the truth about the body. Your role in the body of Christ is just like that. When you choose not to play your part, you don't just hurt you, you hurt the body as a whole because we need you serving in your function. You, the church suffers as a whole when you don't play your part. And here's how this is all designed to work. 
right? We're different. And when we're different and we're stronger together, when we know our role, when we play our role and we understand the impact it has on the whole body, and here's what it creates. Here's the result, Paul says. He says in verse 25, he says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. And so what Paul says is when we actually live the right way, when we get over this division, we we live together, we understand we're stronger together, even though we're different, he says this is what it creates. It creates harmony over division. And I don't know about you, but like in our society today, harmony feels like a pipe dream. Because it doesn't matter where you look, society, social media, the news, even the church, feels like there's so much division, so much that divides us, separates us, that harmony feels like an impossible goal. And it's because we have forgotten as a church that yes, we are different, we look different, we act different, we think differently, but all of that is designed by God, placed by God to bring us, to unite us together for one purpose and that's to bring God glory. You see, the church functions the best when the body is united together under the purpose that we want to serve and bring the gospel to a broken world. And Paul says that brings harmony. That overcomes division. I love what he says as he sums it all up. He says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And then he really sums it up in verse 27. He says, all of you together are Christ's bodies and each of you are a part of it. Paul kind of sums it up by by challenging this church. He says, hey, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, if Jesus is your leader, he's your forgiver, he's your Lord, your master, you are a part of the body of Christ. You're a part of his church. But are you playing your part? That's a simple yet challenging question for many of us, I think. God makes it clear, Paul makes it clear to this church, hey, if you know Jesus, he's given you a spiritual gift through the Holy Spirit coming and invading your life. When you said yes, when you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, when you made him your forgiver and your leader, the Spirit comes, he gives you spiritual gifts. And the purpose of those gifts is to use them to be a part of the body of Christ. And so my question for you today is, are you playing your part? Are you serving? Are you jumping in and giving back for the sake of the glory of God? Because here's what Paul is getting at. He's getting at the way God designed us, made us. He says, God made you, God made me, God made us to be contributors, to add to, to be a part of something bigger than what we can even imagine or fathom. That's the church of Jesus Christ. But here's what's happened. In our society today, we... we, consume so much that in the church, what's happened in society has infiltrated the church. And so what we've done is we've traded in contributing for consuming. We show up to church thinking, what am I going to get out of today rather than what am I going to give today? We show up to church hoping that the music appeases us, that we like the songs that we sing, that message better be for me, and we consume and we consume. And Paul says, hey, you don't show up to church to just consume, you show up to church to give and to contribute. And what's happened in the church is it's been filled up with fans rather than followers. And the reality is, is it's so much easier to be a fan than it is to be a follower. 
Because there is a significant difference between being a part of something or being in the background of something. Go back to my team. Right, number one in the state, 27 and 0. And here's the reality. The way our team celebrated was a lot different than the way the fans celebrated. Because the guys on the team, the coaches, the family members, we knew what it took to be a part of that team. We knew the grind of practice every day in and out. We knew the hurt of losing your position, your starting spot on the team. We knew the drama, the ups and downs of the game. We knew what the sweat felt like. We were in it together. The fans, they just showed up to watch and cheer us on. And so it was different. I think about the Olympics. Anybody watching the Olympics? Right? It's been fun. And guess what we do? We, we are naturally consumers. We, we watch the Olympics. I find myself doing this. I'm at home cheering for the United States. But I'm like, come on, come on, come on. You blew it. Why did you blow it? Come on, dude. Like what? You had it. Come on, girl. Let's go. And, and, and I'm just a consumer. And you know what? We sit at home in our comfy chairs. And you know what we don't know? That these athletes have been grinding and practicing and sweating for years to be where they are today. Because it's easy to be a fan and to cheer for something. It's a whole nother level to actually be a part of something. To be a contributor, not a consumer. To be a follower versus a fan. And when you choose not to contribute to something, here's the reality, you're robbing yourself and, and the church when you don't play your part. Because God has designed and given you a gift to serve in a body, in the church. And when the body, all the parts aren't functioning, not just a part of the body suffers, but the whole body suffers. And so today we're talking about the habit of serving, the habit of contributing, the habit of, of, of doing your part. And so what the Apostle Paul tells all of us that know, the, 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 know Jesus as our Savior, he says, here's what I want for you. I want you to be a part of the body. I want you to start serving and using your gifts for the glory of God. I love what 1 Peter says in chapter 4. He says, each of you. So he's speaking to believers here. He says, each of you, not, not, not you as a family, but each of you as individuals should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, not yourself, this is the reality, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So the habit today we're talking about is the habit of going from a consumer to a contributor. The habit of stop watching from the sidelines, cheering on the team, and being a part of something bigger than you. Some of you are like, man, that sounds great, but I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know what that looks like. Where do I start? How do I know my place in, in, in a church that seems so big with so many people, right? Like, I don't even, where do I find my place? And here's what I challenge you to do. Just locate a passion and start there. Right? God has designed you in a unique way. Don't try to be somebody else. Be you. You've got passions in your heart, things that excite you, pump you up. Right, some of you today, you love the next generation. You want to pour your life into the next generation. Right, maybe it starts with kids. You love kids. Do you realize right now, you get to sit in your chair and be, have no distractions because men and women and young adults and teenagers are contributing right now to the younger generation. 
hundreds of kids. And hey, let me be clear. We aren't babysitting your kids. We're giving them Jesus. We're pouring foundations that will last for all of eternity and the young ones. Because men and women, young adults, teenagers are investing in your kids so you can engage in a message right now. They're contributing. Maybe you're like, hey, you know what? Kids, I like teenagers. I've got hundreds of teenagers that meet on a Wednesday night at multiple campuses. And can I tell you something today? Do you, do you know how hard it is to be a teenager today? Do you know how hard it is to walk down a path when everybody you know is going down a different direction? You know what we need? We need people to stand up and say, I'll contribute and I'll help you walk down that path. Maybe that's your passion. For me, I got enough kids at home. Like I got a nursery all to myself. Okay, I don't give me away from kids, right? Okay, I'm thankful for all of you that love our kids. But maybe you're like, yeah, I just, I, I get fired up about technology. You know what I love about Northridge Church? It doesn't matter what passion you have. We got a spot for you. Maybe you're here and you're like, I, I, I'm into tech, man. I love all this new invention stuff. I like the way tech works, right? Great news. At Northridge Church, we got all kinds of technology. I got an LED wall that makes me look better than I really am. You know, the reason why we can stream to thousands of homes throughout Rochester and Florida and around the world and to another campus because every movement I make, there are people right now running cameras to, to, to try to keep up with me. <laughs> There's rooms that you guys don't even know exist full of you know, people who are switching cameras, who are directing our services, speaking over intercoms to people and lights. There's an online studio with Brad and his team making sure our online is running and the stream is working and you've never even seen it because people are contributing rather than consuming, making things happen so the gospel gets to wherever it needs to go. Maybe your passion isn't technology. Maybe some of you, you know, you got a gift and... You can sing. I wish I could sing. I've been begging Banel to let me on the worship team for a while. Here's the problem. I get a little too into it. And when I get into it, and you know, you hit those moments where you're just like, I'm feeling the presence of God. My voice has a tendency to squeal like a little girl. I'm glad you guys think that's funny. It hurts. It's, but some of you, you can sing. And God's, I think God's just like, when are you gonna use that gift for me? When are you gonna use that gift to bring me? Some of you can play an instrument. I've got the air guitar down, baby. But some of you, God has given you a gift. You play the drums, you play the trumpet or whatever it is. We can use it for the glory of God if you just let us to serve him. What, what passion do you have? Find that passion and allow God to use it. We'll help you navigate that. But sometimes it's not just about passion. Sometimes we just gotta find a need and meet the need, right? Sometimes you discover your passion through finding a hole and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna fill that hole. And as you fill that hole, you realize that God is developing a passion in you that you didn't even know existed. Not all, all, all contributing is formal, right? Where you have to sign up. Sometimes as an older couple, you just look at a younger couple that's struggling and you say, you know what, honey, we can invest in them and we can watch this couple thrive through our influence. You don't have to sign up for anything. You just see a need and you fill it. The reality is about Northridge Church is we impact thousands of people every single week. 
And it's not because we have a giant staff. We have about 35 people on staff. Do you wanna know why we can impact and bring the gospel wherever it needs to go? It's because we have men, women, children, teenagers, young adults saying, I wanna play my part. I'm tired of just taking in. I'm ready to get into the game and I wanna celebrate and I wanna see God use me for things that are way bigger than me. So I'd ask you again, you're a part of God's church, but are you playing your part? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do what we call an all play. And I'm, I told you in this series, I know you're probably getting tired of hearing this, but I was gonna challenge our church. I really was. I was gonna press in and I was gonna raise the bar for our church. And the great news is we only got a week left in this series. Some of you are like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Right, because I challenge you, hey, I want, I want our church to be a church of prayer, 40 days. We're gonna, we're gonna go after it, we're gonna pray. 52 days of reading God's word, getting into community. And I know last week we said, hey, rest is an important rhythm, but like we're over that rest, okay? Back into, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm gonna challenge our church in two categories today. The first, there are many of you who are here, some of you are doing it right now, where you do contribute, you play your part, and I just wanna say thank you. I couldn't tell you enough how grateful, how honored we are to serve with you. So thank you for what you do. But maybe you are a contributor here today and you're saying, you know what, I wanna go to the next level. Right, there's more for me. God wants to stretch you and move you. And so maybe you serve once a month and maybe that goes to every other week. Maybe you serve every other week and you're saying, you know what, I can show up and I can attend a service and I can serve a service. I'll, I'll leave that between you and God. I'll let God work on your heart for whatever that is. Or maybe you're here today and you know, you've been coming to Northridge Church for two months, six months, a year, two years, five years, and you've consumed. You've sat in that chair, you've showed up and you've left. And can I tell you, that's okay. There is a season to consume, to take in the gospel, to allow God to work on your heart. But there's also a season to say, okay, you know what? It's time. I, I love, you, maybe you say, you know, this is my church. I love the people, pastor's okay, we can get past that but you're ready, like, I, I, I'm ready to not just show up to church, but I'm ready to be a part of the church by using the gift that God has given me. If that's you today, right, it's time, it's ready to jump into the game. And so here's what we're gonna do. We call it an all play at our church. Everybody's gonna do this. And so there's two ways you can do it. There's a digital way and there's an old school way. Okay, so for all my digital people, here's what I need you to do. Grab your cell phone right now. Grab it now, come on. At our online campus, grab your cell phone. Don't act like you don't have a phone. I know you have a phone, okay? So grab your phone. If you're a little more old school, you want pen and paper, here's what you need to do. At a physical campus, in the seat back in front of you, grab that sheet of paper. It looks just like this. Grab a pen or a paper. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna spend a little time, 30 seconds, filling this out. Nate Miller challenged me at our Webster campus. He's our Webster campus pastor. He said, we won't get 600 of these. And so, listen, don't challenge me. I'm gonna fill a bunch of these out. He won't even know it. <laughs> so whatever it is, whether it's online at iwant.info or it's here, if you're doing a physical one, you need to know there's two sides to this. The one side is for those of you who are already serving. The other side is for those of you who are ready to start serving. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let you have some time with your phone or your pen and your paper. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to just fill that out. Ready, set, go.
If you need more time, you can take it. You know, at the beginning of my message, I, I said many of us desire long to contribute to something that is greater than ourselves. And what I love about Jesus and what I love about his church is it gives you the opportunity to do that. See, there is no greater organization, no greater anything than the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. Jesus gave his life up for the church. And so you get a chance to be a part of something that God has created and God uses. And when you choose to be no longer a consumer, but a contributor, it will change you. And here's how it will change you. Because when you show up on Sunday and you see a story or stories like John and Diane's, you won't go home and be like, wow, that was powerful. You won't go home and be like, man, that moved me. What you will say is you'll say, wow, I can't believe God used me to play a part in their story. Because here's what we often don't see about the life change stories that we share. John and Diane's story started online where they would engage with our online audience. And when they engaged online, there was a host who was there to pray for them, a host that would chat with them, make them feel that welcome home. There were camera people making it easy to engage with a service through a screen. There were audio technicians who were making sure the music sounded fine. And then when they left from the online and came to in person at the Rochester campus, just like the Webster campus, there were people out in the snowy cold with warm mittens holding signs that just said, welcome home. We're glad you are here. There were people who showed up at 6 a.m. to brew coffee, make sure it was hot, lemonade and water, just to say, hey, we appreciate you're here. We want a welcoming environment. There were people who greeted them with smiles that said, man, we're so glad that you're here. When they made their way to the auditorium, there were greeters helping them find their seat, saying, welcome again. There were people who got up at 5 a.m. to practice the worship set for that week, volunteers who said, I want to contribute and led them in worship. When they left, there were volunteers at Next saying, hey, how can we help you take your next step? When they were ready to get baptized, there was someone who called them and said, hey, we're gonna make this process as easy and smooth as possible. All along the journey, there were people, Christian, their co-walker, co-worker who has been praying for 22 years that they would see today happen. You see, all along John and Diane's story were people like you who played their part. And so when we get to see stories like that, when we're contributors, we say, wow, God, thank you that I could play a part in what only you can do. Because when you become a contributor, when you play a part, when you get out of the audience and you get into the game, you see things a little bit differently. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that we get to be a part of something so great. God, there's nothing greater than your church. So God, I pray for the person who's here that is ready, ready to jump into the game. I pray that you would guide them to the right spot, that they'd find purpose and meaning in serving and loving people. God, I pray that you'd bless 
the hundreds of people who make Northridge Church what it is, the volunteers who get up early, who stay up late, who skip meetings, go and just serve and serve and serve. God, I pray that you'd bless them and walk with them. And may they know how incredibly grateful we are for them. Thank you, God, that we get to be a part of your church. In Jesus' name, amen.